Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Vern Value. And we are 25-year Wall Street veterans who have had to go underground and take on secret identities in order to freely provide our candid views on a handful of stocks out of each week's Value Line Investment Survey. You've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the news. But our bosses would never allow our unvarnished views on the air, so we disguise our voices so they'll never know. We come to you each week with a handful of new ideas for your portfolio, if you have a portfolio. But before we get to all that, we will uh, have to have a few caveats. Uh, for one, this is for entertainment purposes. He didn't only. really mean what he said about the portfolio thing. Uh, Ignore the I didn't portfolio. I, no, that no, was entertaining. No. It was kind of entertaining. It has to be entertaining. And then we have many conflicts of interest. For one, uh, we may own these stocks. Oftentimes we do. We may not own them. We may tell you we own them, but actually we don't. We may have a buddy that owns them. Or the them. reverse of that. Our moms. We may know uh, someone who's companies. short it in a big way. So needless to say, uh, you know, this is all entertaining. But uh, that's it. Uh, <laughs> to, uh, to us, anyway. <laughs> now, this week, yeah, it may not be entertaining to you. Now, this week, we have a food, beverage, tobacco, and video game issue. And as my uh, colleague, Vern, was pointing out to me, what else do you need in America to have a good time? Well, you need an RV. RV, okay. So right? it's the Monaco, good time Thor, issue. And I've been talking a little about needs and not wants, and this looks like all the needs you need right here. <laughs> one of, that's why it's one of my you favorite um, collections. Maybe you throw in a little electricity, and you're all set. You know, who knows? What anyway, about housing? Oh, there uh, is housing. The RV. Um, I'm going to be back in the back half of the show. You know, it's it's a busy week on Wall Street. We've got the stimulus plan out there. I am there. so tired. Uh, I'm, I'm not worn sleeping out. either. It's earnings week. There's lots of uh, things in the stimulus bill that the market doesn't like, obviously, uh, which is nothing new. Um, you know, we've well, got it may huge. Maybe, but. You know, the market's got indigestion. Well, I think the biggest problem is you have to start discounting in inflation. You've got deficits this high as a percentage of GDP, and it's pretty easy to predict that two, three years from now you're going to have inflation. That means higher discount rates. That means a future dollar is worth less now. And that's driving PEs down and ultimately driving earnings down because people are going to be spending less in a weak economy. So uh, I do think that the economy is self-correcting. You know, uh, one guy's losses or another guy's uh, yeah, entrepreneurial but you want to be the flusher, not the flushy. Well, if you're getting in business right now, you know, inputs have never been cheaper. Labor, raw materials, energy, it's all down. So, True. Uh, or if you sold stocks, you're, you're, you know, you're not down. Not The whole market value of, is not down. It's just the people that own during that time. And there were sellers all the way down. So uh, there's still a lot of capital in America, and putting that to work is you know, pretty opportunistic right now. Um, what else do I have? Oh, I do want to weigh in just on Wall Street uh, comp for those people who uh, are reading about this and how uh, – what, what did our, our president say? That it was shameful, shameful Wall Street bonuses. And that just, people got paid. Yeah, I mean, if you don't understand Is this, ladies and gentlemen – I've been on Wall Street my whole career. Wall Street serves a pretty key purpose, which is connecting the people that have capital but don't want to use it right now to those that need it for the best in ideas that drive productivity and drive wealth. So it's a very valuable service. Wall Street comp, the bonuses are 80 percent of total year comp. And the reason they do it that way is so you'll work your ass off all year, 60, 80-hour weeks, and you, you know you're going to get more. paid at the end of the year. Uh, if you, you know, so it, after they, you've worked for you know, many may, years, maybe they should call that salary. But I do think that most people in America that read that, 
it sounds bad, and Wall Street is highly comped, it's because the best and brightest go to Wall Street. If you're paying Wall Street less and it's a government mandate to do so, the best and brightest are if going you, to other industries. If that's people want to happen. be angry with executive management, that's perfectly appropriate. These are the people that made important strategic decisions about product lines and where they should allocate their own capital internally. But to hold it against the, the grocery clerk because the grocery store doesn't carry the product that you want is not appropriate. Well, there are people that took excess risks, and uh, you know I've weighed in just suggesting that the easing of credit standards by Freddie and Fannie drove the bankers to do the same. It drove Wall Street to accept those criteria and create products around it. And the fact is people were investing in what turned out to be very risky uh, securities when they really thought they were buying risk-free securities, right. and there's your problem. So I just had to weigh in on that so people understand that. I'm going to be back at the back half of the show talking about, again, needs, not wants. You're going to have to talk quickly. Uh, yeah, well, I just was spouting off there for a little while. But I've got some great ideas at the back half of the show. But first, with you know, a lot I of ado. a little bit of my time with you. I don't I'm, listen, I want to get. need it. No, I want to. Because I have three crackers. I want to get going. Here. Really, okay, I just think it's important right, first for the people to understand oh. about this Wall Street situation. But uh, I'll be one. back with uh, what am I going to do? McCormick, Chiquita Brands, and Philip Morris. But first, with a medium amount of ado, uh, because listen, the bar's raised now. Vern Value. Just me. Vern, here you go. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm waiting now, for a. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. the, the handoff. Is All right, go ahead. Have a good show. Okay, I'll do that. My uh, my first stock is um, I I I don't know this company from any other really Universal Electronics. There must be nineteen public companies that are Universal something. So um, if you've heard of it before, you know, good for you. Uh, the symbol is U E I C, and from what I can tell, they're uh, they're a uh, uh, they're one of these companies that dominates a small niche, and it looks like it's very small, and the returns are not fabulous, but growth has been really unrelenting um, over the last 10 years. Uh, this company makes what the value line calls pre-programmed wireless control products. They make um, remote control yeah, units. We talked about this. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan. But they also uh, they actually develop the software and um, – uh, uh, for these devices, and they're used more than just for televisions, variety of other consumer products. Yeah. Um, they have a retail business that has branded product. That's about a fifth of sales, apparently. Then the rest of it is mostly private label for big electronics OEMs or the telecom industry. Um, and, um, you know, they, like I say, they've grown steadily over time. The stock's been fairly cyclical. It uh, peaked in 2000 at 32. You could have bought it at 6. Two years later, it went from 6 to 39 in 2007. Can I ask a question? Yeah. I don't mean to interrupt. No, of all ahead, the please. stocks in Value Line this week, why, did, I pick why this? did you pick that one? Because they have no debt and they have $5 a share in cash. And I was looking at a $1,367, a $1,367 price that Value Line printed and a buck sixty of cash flow. But then I discovered the stock closed today at eleven twenty-eight. Or, uh, so it's a valuation call. Net of the cash, take $5 off of that. I'm at 6 bucks, about four times cash flow. Yeah, but we may need that cash, as we talked about, for inventory. I, you know, I, I, and they I, just went through a cycle there. But, but the point of the value, using that cash to explore the valuation multiple is always predicated on there would be some transaction, and the cash would be realized as part of the value of the company. 
Um, so well, some of that you could take. Sure, out, you right? need it. Oh, I, the returns on capital here could be stronger. If I was looking at really what can I afford. Uh, assuming that I believe that I can just earn five uh, percent margins uh, pre-tax, they earn something closer to ten now. But if it were five percent of uh, three hundred million in revenue, I'd have fifteen million of. Uh, anyway, you can back it into says a, commodity a to debt me, right? load that That's you can. All. I don't know. I'm talking about the financial engineering that could be done here. Well, you can inter- you could you could pay a significant uh, dividend out of this business, lever up the balance sheet a little bit. The returns would look jazzier. And uh, it looks like they might be right in front of some interesting uh, growth. They, uh, the stock looks like it probably ran like crazy in 2006 and 2007 because of the uh, in, you know, mandated conversion to digital television in the United States. And uh, they make a product that is used for oh, the digital analog converter. Okay. Um, probably didn't pan out to be as lucrative as everybody thought it might be, and that's why the stocks come in. But it's also consumer exposed, of course. It says here they've been they just began shipping new devices to Ankyo. They started shipments to Audiovox. They've begun supplying products to Reliance Communications. You may have heard of them, a giant Indian telecom company. Um, and I think what we're talking about here is sure they make a remote control and it's a commodity like product, and that's why the returns aren't any better than they are. But there's more and more opportunity for this kind of thing, and the devices are becoming more and more sophisticated. And uh, if these guys dominate the niche, I, I mean, they have $300 million in revenue. I, it can't be worth the time well, of a the, company uh, the size of Audiobox. Well, customers are all bigger than they are, dominate the terms of the deals, and they'll never earn a decent yeah. return. Your argument is, well, they may grow and it won't matter. Well, they'll get much bigger and it won't And I, if I can buy anything at the right price, I, I, you know, I have an opportunity yeah. to make money. I don't know. This no looks, edge. Uh, this looks uh, – Reasonably reliable is an Yawn. idea to me, you know, Yawn. universal something. Um, well, thanks for that. I passed on it. Listen, I'm just trying to be honest ah, with the listener. Okay. Well, I want to give them candid. That's you know, candid I'll, and I'll unvarnished. I'll share a little honesty with them That, later my then. friend, okay. is unvarnished. Now, I I've can got tell you my that. second fabulous value idea is a company called Weiss Markets, uh, symbol WMK. They operate 155 retail food markets. This was at the end of 2007 including both superstores and conventional groceries. Um, 125 of the 155 in Pennsylvania, uh, most of the rest of them in Maryland. They own about half their sites. They also own something called Yawn. Super Pets, which is 30 pet supply chains, also in the same states, okay? Um, family-owned business, somebody called R.F. Weiss owns almost half the stock. And uh, what, uh, what what do you like this about this one? Well, this one also has no debt and has four dollars a share in cash. All now right. this is a this is a thirty one dollar stock today, so twenty seven, about eight times cash flow. Very reliable, steady grower over time. Probably slowly open more stores. My theme here, I mean, a grocery store, low margin business, um, you know, low return business historically. You got Walmart to worry about, but I, my theme here is aging population. There are more and more aging baby boomers that really don't want to have to walk all over Target or Walmart to buy their groceries. They well, want to go to a small I'll neighborhood, friendly, like Weiss Convenience markets. wins oftentimes. And if you, if you market that correctly and with the right merchandising, you can actually earn premium returns, I think. Now, I've been in their stores. I can They're buy this. Nice stores. The, the yield was 3.6% at 32. The stock's at 31 now. Um, and... Uh, it traded in the mid-40s in 05, 06, and 07. It's 
you know, thirty-one dollars today. Um, reversion to the mean, if nothing else. I have a seven hundred and fifty million market cap. Looks like pretty reliable. One hundred and twenty-five million of EBITDA gives me a six times multiple. That's cheap in anybody's book. What is that? Invert in, the inverse of six times is seventeen percent. Um, and what's interesting here, and you'd want to do a little more homework, is that the uh, 14-year CEO is apparently just retired. He's staying on the board, but they brought in, a, according to Value Line, a relative newcomer in February as chief operating officer. He's going to take over. And you've got to wonder if this is kind of a sleepy business. Um, you know, they're in Pennsylvania where they're probably more old people. You know, younger people want to live in places like uh, – where do they want? Where do young people want to live? Do you know any young people? Uh, you know, with uh, with things the way they are, I would say probably uh, uh, Wyoming. Now, the there's one, no taxes. One of the things that concerns me here is Value Line says that they've been intensifying sales building efforts, and their comps were up five percent through the first nine months of the year. But then they talk about how they put a bunch of price increases through last year, and weren't even able to keep up with inflationary costs at that. So I don't know if there really uh, is any real growth going on it's here. It's hard. It's been hard for people to make money in grocery with Walmart growing and taking such a big the share. The supermarket, but I think that's over. The that supermarket phase. base has been getting yeah. smaller. I don't know if square footage has been but going these up. These sorts of specialty but markets. Their growth in recent years service, might have really just been, been a function share. of grow, building out this pet store chain. Yeah, uh, you'd want true. to do more homework, but it looks pretty cheap know. to me. It's hard to make money in groceries. And uh, my last one is uh, is is a need. My last idea is a need. It's a food company, um, and the the idea here is that people got to eat, right? And um, yeah. so take a look at Hormel Foods, symbol HRL. Uh, Value Line rates all these stocks a three, by the way. So like relatively unattractive because they don't have any upward momentum now, I guess. Uh, this stock pays a two and a half percent yield at around thirty dollars, and um, it's a it's a growth business. I mean, they had a um, sure. they had a decline in um, not sales but in earnings in '96. They went through a flat period. I, well, earnings, cash flow, really. They had a flat period '01, '02, '03. Who didn't? And they've just had a flat period this past year. But you know the growth. From the, over that period of time, and cash flow per share was in the first period I mentioned it was about a buck a share. It was two in the early 2000 period. Now it's over three dollars a share, so it grows steadily over time. And uh, if you don't know Hormel, this is the company that makes, I mean, canned meats and meat products is I think what they're mostly known yeah. for, including spam, which is making amazingly a comeback along with everything else. From the I think we're up to somewhere in the early 60s at this point that's, uh, you know, the uh, popular style of uh, dress. And, I mean, it's kind of gone mainstream well, at this point. Well, canned food is gaining share just because people are building inventories of, you know, food for uh, emergencies. And more and happening. more people are going to find themselves attracted to the economics, I think, of these products as opposed to actually paying for fresh. So you'd think that, um, you know, healthier eating would actually be a negative for this. I think this is a uh, defensive, uh, an attractive defensive stock in a uh, suffering, and Lord knows it is, uh, economy. There's uh, There's been a lot of action, I, uh, option exercises since May of this past year when the stock peaked, uh, but there have been no sellers since then, one buyer. Uh, so it, it appears that management's on board here. The uh, Hormel Foundation now owns 47% of the stock, officers and directors three, so conveniently uh, more than 50% closely held, if you will. So there's some kind of uh, 
premium that belongs in every stock uh, based on their attractiveness in the market for corporate control. Hormel wouldn't get one. Uh, the results have been weak lately. That has something to do with why the stock is down about 30% off its highs, less than the market, of course. But, uh, I mean, we're talking about temporarily higher commodity prices because that's what they take are commodities and they uh, process them and turn them into something that uh, some people find more attractive. There's a market for almost everything, of course. Uh, they are a regular acquirer, apparently, and they've been working specifically on building their uh, – their exposure in ethnic foods, which sounds like a good idea to me. I've got about a $4.4 billion uh, enterprise value, of which most is equity. There's a nice amount of cash on the balance sheet, about nine times uh, EBITDA, which uh, reasonable valuation for something this high quality, I think, in a tough environment. Uh, that's very moderate leverage, 15% of total capital. They might have uh, some cost reductions coming with uh, steel coming down. I, with not steel, uh, hog and... Uh, no, no, they're, they're, they're packaging. Oh, for the packaging. packaging. You know, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. That's a fabulous idea. And um, it, I, mean, I thought it was interesting here, Value Line comments that they were squeezed by some unfavorable product mix in the grocery division, because cash-strapped customers appeared to bypass higher-margined items in favor of Spam, Dentimore, and Hormel Chili. So take a look at Hormel, HRL, and with a little bit of time on the clock to help offset your deficit, I'm going to turn over to my colleague, Val Hughes. Wow. Beverage Thanks, break. Beverage break. Well, okay. you know, I'm not uh, – I don't – you know what? I don't have all my page numbers. Uh -oh. I'm, I'm at such a loss here. Well, I actually didn't um, get any of mine either. We've talked about this. I forget You mostly. do not do page numbers. Not well, not with a style. Uh, let's see here. I can't find. This uh, is some lively airtime we have going on. Well, here. you people just have to Why don't I look in? up the numbers for you no, while you what's, uh, start Philip talking Morris. about your stocks? All right. Uh, I've got three ideas this week. It's values, and I already spouted off 1997, about 1997, the last time on. Philip Morris was a good idea. Uh <laughs> Well, it's a new idea. Is that my first one? No, I guess I'm starting with, okay, Chiquita Brands. Chiquita. And then I'm going to follow that up with McCormick. It's 1907. And Philip Morris, thank you. I love bananas. It is uh, needs. Nature's Wonder Food. Needs, not wants. Well, what, what do All you right, need more my, than Nature's Wonder here's Food? Here's my theme. Here's my theme. Let's you know, try to get. always makes you feel better. Listen, pal. Especially if you've had a I want to talk of, about Chiquita. If you want to write a creative story about bananas and their mind, meaning to life, mind. please do. My theme is on this one, um, you know, needs not once. That's the overriding theme. And then food value per dollar, okay? We're in a recession, clearly. Uh, people have less money to spend. And honestly, bananas, uh, you know, they, they pack well, a, a lot of calories uh, per pound, and they're relatively inexpensive per pound. We had a guy come through our office the other day. I don't want to mention the name because um, he's a sole supplier to Chiquita. Uh, they've come on to an interesting uh, opportunity to expand their marketing because bananas, you know, they only stay ripe for a very short time. So a lot of them turn bad colors, and evidently 40% of bananas uh, end up in the trash can, which this gentleman viewed as uh, the banana industry's best customer is the trash. So it's interesting. Um, but they're gaining share because they've developed a technique to bring bananas in, keep them fresh through packaging that can keep the right uh, mix of uh, elements in the in the you know atmosphere around the vegetables and the fruits they stay in a in a bag that's permeable and keeps the ratio of nitrogen and oxygen at, at, at a different ratio than the air which 
dramatically increases the life of these bananas. So if you've been in a 7-Eleven lately and you notice there's bananas on the counter and you're going, wow, I never noticed uh, bananas here before. You know, I just said that the other did day. Did you really? I well, did. listen, uh, they're at airports now. They're places where you want I know. I get them everywhere. And I, they always make me feel better. Okay, listen, that's my point is the banana industry, Chiquita specifically, has figured out how to sell more bananas in more places than ever before. They don't make a mess. They come in their I, own disposable everyone packaging. Everyone understands what a banana is, Vern. Let me talk about the stats. So that whole thing, share gain, okay? They're moving into places, and they've got a monopoly in these new locations because no one else has the technology. Right now they're at four times To cash pick a banana? To get a banana economically into a place. These stores only get one delivery a week. You're telling Do me third-party logistics could Listen, All grocery right. stores get a shipment every day. You can read this in Wikipedia. Do some homework. Uh, yes, sir. Grocery stores, everyday delivery. Convenience stores, once a week, twice a week, you know. It's all about distribution. So you, need bana- you don't have bananas there normally because it takes too long for, uh, you know, to, for the bananas all go bad. So now Chiquita is in places where they take delivery once a week or twice a week, Starbucks, and the bananas look good. They have this special color that people buy. So the story is... Ladies and gentlemen, valuation, growth no one's expecting because of this uh, banana technology. The stock seven times EBITDA. The other things they do, bananas is only 43% of the business, so if they can grow this thing 20% because of this monopoly in you know once-a-week delivery locations, then that's going to add 10% to the company overall uh, because it's such a big segment, I guess is my point. But they also do other things. They do salads, healthy snacks. They have this Fresh Express brand and other produce and things like that. And they're, they're going to be in a position to apply this technology to their whole um, you know, mix, which is perhaps growth coming down the road. Value Line says they're going to grow earnings. In other fruits? Other fruits, other vegetables. There's additional technology. They've got the banana thing down. And they're moving down the road. So I've got seven times EBITDA. That's a 14% cash on cash return, and I got 13% growth. This could be a mid 20s returner. Uh, the only, you know, there's a little too much debt here, uh, but uh, it looks well covered to me. They can Chiquita, deliver bananas. We'll CQB. see. CQB. What about something okay. that bruises? Now uh, I'm on to McCormick. What's with the clock? What happened? Don't worry. Here? That's the total time we have left. Okay. Uh, MKC. Page 1925, McCormick. I may have talked about this before. You can pull our code uh, at thevalueguys.com into uh, Excel or Internet Explorer, and all our shows pop up. There's tickers. You can pull up individual shows, and we may have talked about this one in the past. But what I like about McCormick, again, needs not once. If we're eating food and we have to trade down and eat at home more, and very few of us know how to cook anything, although I have to say my wife is an excellent cook, and I want to just thank her for uh, that meal last night. Uh, But she used some So is mine. I wouldn't want her to think by not being mentioned that somehow Uh, we didn't think she was equally good. That's fine. She's fabulous also. But I'm just trying to say she's using McCormick Spices. McCormick adds flavor. People are at home. They're buying more of this. Half their business is going to be just people stocking shelves with stuff that never get used but get bought. And also McCormick's moving into this um, pre-prepared foods like Tyson did so many years ago where they don't just sell you spices. They sell you spices in a packet that you just pour in a pan and throw meat in, and, you know, it's, it's restaurant quality and all that. They've got great returns going way back, 15%, 16%. Uh, 
uh, on capital, which tells me that they're doing something other people can't do or they're doing it really well. And then you've got a 20% return on equity, mid-20s, going, again, way back, very stable. This thing is stable as hell. Um, they've got a little bit of debt, $500 million, but it's covered, uh, you know, what, seven times, and earnings going back 20 years are stable as a rock. Again, it's food, needs not wants. Uh, recent results are doing better than the economy. They're still showing some growth. They've gotten some price increases. And, again, you need your spices. This goes back thousands of years, ladies and gentlemen. Wars have been fought over spices, and now you just you know have to pay up a little bit at the store for spices. It's way different now. Uh, earnings are going to grow here 11% a year, according to Value Line. Enterprise value to EBITDA is nine times. I'm going to say that's 11% cash on cash. And then I'm getting you know 10% you know earnings growth which is sort of food unit growth plus a little share gain for home plus a little pricing. So I like this a lot, McCormick MKC. And then finally, Philip Morris International PM. The quick story, because that's all the time I have, is that Philip Morris broke into two people. Well, Philip Morris turned into Altria, which someone got overpaid for the name, obviously. And then now... Is that, did they still own Kraft then? Now, yeah, it was a big thing. You know, they okay. probably owned Hertz or something, too, and Weston Hotels. Who okay. knows? But in any case, uh, they finally split into two. Kraft is separate. Uh, Altria is separate. And Philip Morris is international cigarettes everywhere but the U.S., which means everywhere that doesn't have an FDA and an American Congress to squeeze the life out of these companies. <laughs> So they're free to advertise their little heads off over in the rest of the world. And India and Where China. people love to smoke. Well, their economies are growing. You know, we're in a world recession. But they it's have a luxury a, item. They have a lot further to go to be productivity per capita than we are. They're going to have extra money to spend. It's an addictive drug, ladies and gentlemen, cigarettes. And unless they have governments that are going to clamp down on smoking the way we did, which, you know, China may, that is a risk. But India, China, uh, you know, the two biggest markets big as those economies grow, they own Marlborough and uh, Chesterfield, Parliament, L&M, Bond Street, which I never heard of. But 50% uh, of their business is in Europe. Smoke and them then 21% in Middle East and Africa, 21% in Asia. So world diversified to uh, tobacco and, you know, that, that uh, growth in those economies. The return on capital here, they got spun into two pieces, and they came out looking great. Uh, Mid-30s return on capital. They lever it a little bit, and their mid-50s returns on equity, operating margins in the mid to high teens. You know, it's, it's a commodity, yes, but these brands are very powerful, and being an addictive drug. Well, then it's not really a people, commodity, is it? Well, if, not, in the, not in the sense that brand has value, but I'd also say that addictive has value. So when you're getting that addictive rush, and I used to smoke, <laughs> I guess you know, it is economic value, uh, then for sure. you love your brand. I mean, I, I was a smoker, uh, thankfully quit, but you know, you want that brand, you won't switch, you're mad when you have to, and that gives you pricing power, and this thing looks pretty good. The, the valuation is not super cheap, 10 times cash flow, 13 times free. Uh, when I look at it on an enterprise value to EBITDA basis, it's like seven to eight times, which, you know, isn't four times. But it's an addictive drug growing into growing so is this your So is this your favorite idea? Uh, what it, yeah, you know, I think, I think it is. I'm going to say that You're going to say Philip Morris? Philip Morris International. Ooh. But wait a minute. No. But not no. for a socially no, responsible. It's not social. Oh, I'm going to say Chiquita. Yeah. Absolutely. You're I think Philip Morris is a pretty good I'm going to go food, too, with Hormel because uh, 
I mean, you've got a more transportable, but my my products come in the cooking container. Philip Morris, 5% yield. Right in the can. Yeah, that's nice. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.